Hello and welcome to episode 239 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is a returning guest and one of my favourite musicians in the business. I'm joined by the absolutely incredible Art Alexis from Everclear. The band right now, as you're listening to this, are over in the UK supporting the amazing Soul Asylum. And this band for me have been one of my favourites for over 25 years. I absolutely love them. I grew up listening to them. So much for the Afterglow is one of my top 10 albums ever made. And at the end of last year, he came on for a two-parter. And I'm so glad he's come back. And as always, the conversation gets deep, open and honest and everything that you'd expect from Everclear. And that interview will be coming up in just a couple of minutes time. But let's touch base and talk about the last episode. On episode 238, I was joined by Winston McCall, the frontman from Parkway Drive. This interview blew up. One of my most downloaded episodes ever. Not even just this year, ever. It was amazing to hear about the band's open and honest conversations about counselling, the tours they've just come back from, Download Festival and so much more. So if you haven't listened to that, go and check it out. The feedback I've received on social media this week has been incredible. So thanks so much to everyone who tuned in and listened to me and Winston talking all things Parkway Drive. But today it's all about Art Alexis and I think this is a work of art. I think this interview is one of my favourites again this year. I feel like all the interviews at the moment are just getting better and better. So I think the best thing to do is to get straight to it and share it with you. So here's me and Art talking all things Everclear. Hey Art, how are you doing? Good. Mark, right? It is. We meet again. So how are you? How's things? You know, man, I'm really good. I'm uh, I'm excited about coming over and uh, just, you know, I'm glad Halloween's over and my it was we celebrated my daughter's birthday early and uh, it just made it was a, it was a hectic weekend. But you know, it's all good stuff, man. It's just it's all good stuff. I'm feeling good health-wise and just uh, ready to come back to the UK for the first time in almost 10 years, right? Like nine years. Yeah, I saw you on that tour. Um, I, I can't believe it's almost 10 years, but to be sharing the stage every night with Soul Asylum, I think it's going to be amazing. And some of the venues are quite intimate. I think it's going to be a really magical time and celebration just for you guys to be playing shows again. Absolutely. And uh, celebrating our 30th anniversary and, you know, God, they've got to be getting close to like a 50th anniversary. I mean, I saw I saw a solo song at 87. Um, seriously, I mean, it's like crazy. It's insane. Um, and it's it's just I love Dave. Um, he's a wonderful person, just an amazing artist, and uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great Cobell man. And I know I know economically right now, and that's the best time to come to the UK, right? But um, you know, what are you going to do? Um, last, last time we spoke, I, I think it was about seven, eight months ago, and you were talking about how it would be really hard at the moment to come to the UK with the way things are. Um, 
So I was so so excited and relieved when I saw the poster come out with your both names on there. I I couldn't believe I was like, yes, it's actually happening. It's happening. Well, I think it's better now than when we talked last year, for sure. Yeah, it was was really, (laughs) we were in the worst of it then and bands weren't playing. I think we were still in lockdown and you were just locked at home. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, was, I'm so glad we're through the worst of it. Yeah, it was dismal. That's a good word for it. <laughs> and uh, last time we spoke, you were talking to me a lot about how, you, how you've changed your life and how you're happy and everything's going really well and with your daughter and everything else. And does it just seem like everything's getting better and better every day? I mean, you said you still do meetings for people that are in um, addiction and stuff like that, but are you feeling better yourself? Are you feeling like you're really in a good place? I feel like I'm in a great place, but I, I've been, I've been in, in, um, treatment i've been in recovery for 33 years that's not going to end anytime soon no like until i die and hopefully that's not soon um yeah uh, my daughter's doing well she started high school um she was having a hard time in middle school because of covid and you know quarantine and stuff a lot of adolescents really had a lot of hard time with uh anxiety depression ocd all adhd I mean, all our friends are either on medication or in therapy or both, you know, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just, you get through it, man, you do what you have to do to get through it. And I'm really proud of her for being so strong. And now she's getting her swagger back and high school, she's got a great bunch of friends, 35 kids came over for a, a, a combination Halloween slash birthday party last Friday. And, uh, you know, she goes to an arts high school, a California school of the arts. And they're just a bunch of nerds. <laughs> you know, they're, art, <laughs> they're art nerds. You know, there are kind of people they're like, they're art nerds. And they, they're still the dynamic. They're still the pretty girls. And they're, they're kind of kind of mean, but not really, you know, I mean, but it was nothing like when I was in God, when I was in high school, I was dealing drugs and it would have been a whole different thing. These kids, like they knew from the beginning, no vaping, no pot, no drinking, no making out. That's what's going on. And I'm walking around with my tattoos and they're like, man, Arizona's dad is scary. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it changed so much? Like you were saying, you could be there back in the, your, I suppose when you were that age, you were probably smoking weed and I I don't know what you're up to. I'm sure you weren't being a good boy. More than that, brother. More than that. I was, yeah. I was selling weed, selling acid, selling speed. Yeah, I was, I was a troubled kid for sure. What well, What do you do then, as a as a dad? Do you look at it in the same way that you were looked at, or do you kind of take a different approach, knowing that you don't want your daughter to go down the way that you did with addiction at times? Well. It's a very different situation. My daughter hasn't been damaged like I was damaged. No. And uh, abandoned. And my mother, God bless her, she she uh, she worked as hard as she could to do the right thing and told me to do the right things. I just didn't do them. Um, but uh, I didn't have a father around. You know, it's, it's hard to raise a child with just one person. And my mom did a fantastic job. She instilled a lot of tenacity and sense of fair play and, and, and knowledge 
what's right and wrong she and compassion and humility in me and it took a while to really kick in but she she's directly responsible but i you know it's a lot for for one person to do so in our experience with our daughter me and my wife are to, not just together we're stronger than we've ever been we've got a great relationship um and uh it, it, that you know i think that emanates to to our daughter as 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 a role model of what a relationship should be and not to put up with crap that you, you, you a lot of kids would put up with because they see their moms putting up with or their dads doing bad stuff they don't have she doesn't have that so um i think we're blessed like that and we're working really hard at the same time so that when the fact your dad's gone all the time you know making music um it's you know it's i i think it's made it harder for her in that way but um thank god thank god for uh facetime and zoom and stuff like yeah. that you know a day doesn't go by where she doesn't see my face and talk to me you know uh that's that's just amazing how do you get the balance right because i'm not a father but um i speak to a lot of bands that are on the road so long and you know night after night not being able to speak to their kids because you know they're going on stage at nine they finish at 11 their kids going to bed at eight so it's really difficult to juggle especially with the time zone so how, how do you get the happen. balance i make it happen man if i have to get up early or get up in the middle of the night because i'm in australia and call my daughter before she goes to school I do it and then I go back to bed. You know, I get up, you know, watch the sleep out of my eyes, fix my hair, put a shirt on. You know, I might not have any other clothes on, but I'll have a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I go, hey, baby. I just wanted to say I love you before you go to school. What classes you got today? Okay, did you do your homework? You know, and her mom's all on top of it. So she's telling me what's going on too. But I try to connect and when you know i i text her um throughout the day because she's in high school she can have her phone with her yeah and, um, you know i just text her you know funny memes or just hearts and stuff like that and i think you know that's minimal and it seems minimal but it's really important to know that someone that you love loves you back and is thinking of you you know just that makes you feel so safe and and I didn't feel safe as a kid and a lot of kids don't feel safe and i do everything in my power to make my daughter feel safe so you know um, there's there's a lot of kids out there like you said and you, you literally just said the words i was about to say that don't feel safe and might be bullied or abused and i don't want to get too heavy and deep but on the last episode we spoke mostly about music and touring and all your influences but you are someone that has been through it and got the scars. And I do have a lot of listeners uh, that really appreciated Kat Von D coming on and they really appreciated um, the honesty about being bullied and uh, abused. And from you, what would you say to people that are listening that are too scared to speak up or just too frightened to raise a hand? Well, to be honest with you, you know, we we experienced a little bit of that with her uh when she was six getting bullied and she was in a school where they just didn't put up with it and we, we kind of nipped that in the bud um you know i'm 
we're it's just a, a a thing of communication that we talk about and we watch movies with it in it and how would you deal with that easy you know how do you deal with that you know and just she's really really becoming a, a a leader of people i can see that the way other kids look at her and she's little she's like five foot oh. you know? and and uh but you know she's turning into a girl she's getting the boobs and wearing the halter tops and the short shorts and you know i'm like my, my wife's like look you can wear the crop top or the short shorts you can't wear both <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes she wears both and we're just like oh. Fight, fight the fights that, that are important, right? She's not smoking. She's not vaping. And God knows what's in vapes these days. Oh, right? my Lord, yeah. Fentanyl, all sorts of crap. Uh, she's not doing that. She's not drinking. Um, you know, we, we, we're, 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 we have to fight against being helicopter parents. And I think a lot of people who have kids, especially teenagers, will uh, commiserate with that. But... You know, it's like my daughter knows what I do for a living. Um, we don't use the word rock star. I I nipped that in the bud when she was like four. I'm just too punk rock. We don't we don't use the that word. And it's banned from the house. Pretty much. Yeah. No, we just like we 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 don't we don't say that, baby. You know, we said that a long time ago, and she. She she gets it. She and she doesn't she doesn't go around telling people what her dad does. But if they ask, she's like, "Oh, he's a musician." Oh, okay. And most of those kids don't know whoever Claire is. I mean, come on, you know, it's so long ago. It's their but parents they, that are like, "Oh, Everclear." Oh. Yeah. yeah. Their parents they, they walk in, they're like, you know, it's funny because I don't even have that fancy a house. I've had fancier houses in my life. This is just. A mid-century ranch house. We but it's it's got uh we put a wall in the front because there's a front yard and a driveway and stuff, and then in the back there's uh one yard and then there's a bottom yard that I put a big pool in because for my MS, um it's the only um exercise I can do without getting overheated. So I swim, you know, at three, four times a week. And uh, you know. These kids came in, they're like, and these kids, um, a lot of them come from like, not like poor, but low middle class, low income houses, smaller houses. And they come in, they're like, wow, Arizona's rich. <laughs> <laughs> Is your dad a lawyer? And my, my, my daughter's like, anything but. Far from it, yeah. Far from it. So, so as a dad, and you've been there, and obviously when you're a kid, like you said, you've done all this bad stuff and experimented in drugs and stuff. So do you find it difficult that one day you might catch a smoke in a joint or something, and then it's going to be difficult because you'll be like, look, I've been there. I know what you're up to. But at the same time, how do I tell someone to not do it when I've done it myself? Well, I don't have a problem with that. No. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I did it, and I wish I hadn't done it. Look, there's a certain level of of experimentation. Yeah, I don't have a problem with, but unfortunately, the world we live in now is you do not know what you're getting when you buy buy a joint yeah. or you buy, you know, a pill. Nine times out of ten in California, or 
seven or eight times out of 10, they have fentanyl in it and they don't know how much it is. And it's not pharmaceutical. It comes from Mexico, from the cartels, and it's killing people left and right. You know, and I talked to her about that. I go, you can't do that type of stuff. I know you want to try pot someday. I go, you know, I mean, I have two daughters. I have a 30-year-old daughter. I have a 15, just about 15-year-old daughter. The older daughter has her own issues, but I don't think she's an addict. No. This one, the younger one, oh, yeah, that's me all day long, you know? And and <clears throat> thank God <clears throat> she takes after her mom. <clears throat> her mom, who my wife is one of them if you met her and most people think she's one of the best human beings I'll ever meet. Why she's with me. I don't know. It, it, it Never question me. it too much. Cause my wife's incredible. And I just, I don't want to ever question yeah. it in case she says, Oh yeah. What the fuck am I doing with you? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to go there. Don't, we don't go there. We, we don't want to see behind the curtain. Right? <laughs> we don't want to see all powerful Oz. I I'm just like, it shows me there is a God. right? No, Definitely. Okay. Great. Um, but my daughter, I'm pretty convinced, has the gene. And it's something I've talked to, to her about since I've been since she's been about nine or ten, a little bit more and more. And I'm just like, you've you know, some people can drink moderately, like your mom can like have a drink and she wants to go to sleep, you know. Some people can do that. I can't. And uh I've never been able to ever. I want no. more. I try to fill the hole, and I explained that to her. I'm trying to fill the hole inside, and every time you put stuff in the hole, it makes the hole bigger. It doesn't make it smaller. And um, she gets that. She understands that. And she's she's one of those people, like, she went through anxiety and depression, and then she started an encounter group for kids to talk about that, like, on a, on a, on a thread. Yeah. That, that was her doing that. She, that was her initiative. She's like, can I do this? And how would I go about doing it? And I'm like, let's talk. I've got people who do stuff online and they're like, you know, I've got people who work for music cares and, you know, all sorts of organizations that deal with recovery. And I'm in, I'm in school right now getting my alcohol drug certification so I can officially legally work with people in recovery with my life coaching and my counseling. Um, business that I'm starting to build up, you know, on top of the band. So it's, she's very cognizant and very aware, but at the same time, very present that she could be, it could, it could go south on her, Yeah, you know, but it's, it's a shame that she can't just smoke a joint and check it out, see what it's like. It's one thing to experience things. It's a, it's another thing altogether to make it into a lifestyle. That's what I did. That's what addicts do. That's yeah. what damaged people do because it, it gives them solace. It gets them out of their skin because they don't feel comfortable in their skin like me. But a little quick story about five, six, seven years ago, before I got a back operation, I was having extreme sciatica um, and it was really bad. I couldn't lay down. I mean, and I went to the hospital and they wanted to do an MRI, but I couldn't lay down on the MRI machine because it hurt too bad. And they were trying to give me medication. I'm like, I can't take it. I'm an addict. I'm, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. I can't take it. Um, 
And finally, three doctors who were in recovery sat me down and go, I'm going to give you a small amount of morphine. We've got to get in there and see what's going on. But this is not breaking your sobriety. And it's not enough that it's going to make you want to go run out and get heroin. I go, okay, I'll trust you. And they gave me some. My my wife came in. They had me in a little room at, uh, in the hospital. Um, and she came in and she looked at my face. She goes, what happened? What's the matter? I go, what do you mean? She goes, you look happy. <laughs> oh, fuck. Look oh, fucking me. hell. And I'm like, baby, you've never seen this before and you're never going to see it. This is what I look like comfortable in my own skin. Wow. You're never going to see it again. Because uh, they gave me just a little bit of morphine. And, and then when I went and got the surgery, they didn't, the nurse or someone didn't read the thing. And I came out of surgery and they gave me morphine. And I was just like, woo! You know, I'm like literally <laughs> yelling. And they're closing the doors because, you know, there's other families that are recuperating, people that are recuperating. I'm like, yes, I remember that. Fuck yes, that's awesome. And I'm screaming. Amazing. I'm in, my, I'm in my recovery room. It's like, well, I'm glad you like that, Mr. Alex Hawkins, because you get one every four hours. I go, no, I don't. Oh, yes, your doctor put it here. I go, nope, you said nope. it to me. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's not happening. Oh, this one, I get away with this one. No, because you give me you give me two, three more of those. And as soon as I can get up and walk, I'm going to go out and buy some heroin. That's what's going to happen. And we're told, so they put me on a different medication because they had to go back in two days later. So they kept me in a hospital. They went back two days later and built a cage around my spine titanium cage around my spine and they gave me uh a drug called ketamine which yeah is, ketamine over here people take ketamine non, in clubs non yeah it's non-physically addictive right and boy i felt like i was like in um <laughs> like a peter max movie like like uh yellow submarine or you know so just just weird animation going on that people's faces would pop out of it and i'm like Whoa, but I didn't come out of it feeling like like I did on the morphine. And then when I went home, I didn't take any opiates or anything, just a lot of Tylenol and Advil, and I got through it. It sucked. It was painful, but it was bearable, you know. And 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 I don't. I know so many friends of mine who've gone out. That means like. When, when someone who's in recovery goes out, that means they're back using or drinking again. And a lot of times people, older guys like myself, because I'm all in, I, I only have guys, I, I only do stag meetings. Um, they're like, you know, they'll have 20, 30 years more and then they'll give them opiates and they're gone. Yeah. 30 years, gone. And I fought against that. But as a role model for my daughter, I was very, very open with her what I was going through. So she, if she gets into it, it's not from lack of knowledge. It's not from lack of me and her mom trying to prepare the best we can. Could she still go down the drain? Well, not during, that sounds final, but could she go down the rabbit hole? Yeah, she could. Yeah. Um, 
I'm betting she won't. And I'll tell you, me and her mom were really, and everyone in her family, and but we worked very hard to give her an environment and when her friends come over a safe environment that that stuff isn't there. There's no abuse, there's no yelling. You know, I, I, I didn't have that in my family. Such a difference, isn't it? Such a contrast to what you had to what she's got. So are you planning on having children? Are you guys going to have children? Uh, I think I kind of, as that's kind of boat has sailed now, uh, my wife has endometriosis uh, quite bad. So we probably can't, but we have, and I don't know if I'll put this out on the podcast for the world to hear, but we might adopt because I'm 40 now. Um, and I don't know. Young, it, if man, it, that's a good, that's a good time to have a kid. I have yeah. a kid five and I had made my name in the world. I, I, I was not as freaked out as one 20 years earlier. Yeah. I think adopting adoption is wonderful. It's, I think I've got my head screwed on for the time in my life where I'm not doing any drugs. I feel secure in my own skin. I feel happy. I feel like I'm with the right person. Uh, they love me and I love them. I feel safe. So it would be now would be the best time. 10 years ago, it had been a disaster. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I had a kid at 30 and I had one at 45 and my daughter at 30. Um, I love her to death, but she's, she's off doing her own thing. She's not adequate. She's, she's not happy. Yeah. And um, I don't have a relationship with her. Neither does her mom to the best of my knowledge. And she's, you know, it's all going to work out. I feel like it's moving in that direction, but you know, it's just, um having your parents explode your life explode in front of you when you're six or seven mm. and then your father divorces his trophy wife when you're 12 and you've been told you gotta love this woman and, and then all of a sudden she's the bad guy and you know it's it's so hard on a, on a person so my younger daughter point is my younger daughter doesn't have that she's had continuity and consistency and a lot of it was because i was older and i think you and your wife um the great thing about adoption is you those not those kids aren't accidents a lot of people who have babies the natural way because they got knocked up yep um, and you make the best of it um which wasn't the case with me either time um we wanted those babies yeah but um the thing the thing i talk to when i coach people who are adopted. I'm like, do you not understand that your adopted parents, your real parents, those are your real parents. They wanted you. They want you. They want to go through all the crap and the fucking roller coaster and everything it is being with another human being, which is just hard. And they want that. They signed up. Yeah, they're for choosing for it. They're, they're, they're putting yeah. their hand up and wanting it. Yeah, I want it. Yeah. What about what about people who adopt special needs kids? I'm like, it's another level, isn't it? It's just another level of just the the proof to me that there's a. High I, I don't even know what the word is. It's just like they're, they're heroes. Yeah. They're touched. They're touched by God. They're whatever you want to call God. And I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I'm not religious at all. I hate organized religion. But I love, I, I do, in my, in my sobriety, I have a very strong relationship 
with my higher power. And um, I'm convinced that there's more to this world than what we see. That's my belief. And um, when I see things like that, it's just, you cannot explain away. You just can't explain away in human mathematical terms. I just give it away. I surrender it. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm grateful for it when I see people like that. Because I don't have it in me to raise a child with no legs. You know? Yeah. I say that, but maybe I do. I don't know. You know? Maybe, maybe not now. Yeah, but no. I, you know, I, I just have learned not to count yourself out because you never know what you can do when you have to do it. I work better creatively when my back is up against the wall, when I have a deadline, when I have, you know, I have to prove myself. I, I can dig it out. And I think most people can. And it's something you learn how to do. It's a, it's a, it's a body memory skill. So, you know, I'm the same I, dude. I, I will leave it till the night before. So I have to do it. And then I will pull out a miracle myself. And I'm like, how the fuck did I do 10 days work in one night? Because I have to, and those nine days leading up to it. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It and then tomorrow. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, tomorrow is the day. And then I don't know, me and my wife always say this. We look at each other and we're like, we're a team and somehow we've pulled it off again. Like, I don't know how we did it, but it's happened and we've got everything done just in time. There you go. It's the winning formula. You notice I got my camera working. <laughs> I know I have. And I'm looking at all your records behind I just, you. I just, I, 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 I expected the camera to be on and I just hit the stop video and it's on. It's amazing, man. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, a I'm looking at your records I, behind you. Uh, oh, those, those old things. Oh yeah, them. Yeah. And a nice guitar. Look, it's Fender Strat above the doorway. No, that's a little guitar that this organization called um, Sweet Relief gave me. It's a Fender guitar, but it's it's about this okay, guitar. okay. And it was a thank you because I uh, they're an organization that works with musicians who have MS and other autoimmune diseases, like helps them out with their bills and stuff like that. And I don't need that, but I give them a dollar, and I am and and um, also two different organizations, Music Cares, who does with people in recovery, and they've been very helpful to people in my organization, and um, uh, the the Multiple Sclerosis Society, as well. I tried to I tried to build it that when we tour, we add a, another dollar each for each organization, so every seat we sell, they get a dollar. That's amazing, yep. man. Not huge, but no, you know, but it adds up. In the tour, it's like twenty, thirty thousand dollars each. You know, that's awesome. Um, yeah, anywhere between fifteen and twenty, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars, which will put people in recovery. Will 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 get people medication. Will you know? It's just a a little bit is better than nothing at all. You're a yeah. good dude, man. It means a lot. And it doesn't sound a lot, an extra dollar on each ticket, but look at the difference it can make. It's unbelievable. Well, and and, and kudos to the fans too. For, yeah. You know, when they see a price, it's like instead of 30 bucks, it's 33 bucks or 43 bucks. And, and, but there's always a disclaimer that says a dollar each goes to these organizations per our Alex Hawkins' direction. And they're like, oh, okay. Because Everclear fans know I have MS. They know I'm in recovery you know um they, they know they know that about me so you know it's nice when when we all work together it's amazing what can get done right and massively 
Remember last time you came on, because I think our time's up, and I'm, your manager did say to me, make sure you don't overrun. I was like, okay, okay. Um, we spoke for about two hours last time, but uh, I feel like we've only got half an hour today. But um, you chose the outro song, which could be any piece of music in the whole world, uh, and you could choose that one song that was put on the very end of the episode, but now you get another choice. So what song would you love to play? What did I choose last time? Oh, man. Uh I think I I get you might get me what I think it was the Rolling Stones because the drummer had just died. Oh, Charlie Watts had just died. I yeah. think he had just died, and we spoke, and you said because of that, we'll have a Rolling Stones song. Okay, um, I'd like to pick a song that. Uh, wow, I had an idea for a song, and I just went kind of. Um, I'd like to pick a song that's really influential to me it's a song by by bob dylan from an album called blood on the tracks that's a phenomenal that's an incredible record. album dude 72 73 right somewhere yeah amazing album yeah and one of my favorite songs of all time called tangled up in blue tangled up in blue perfect outro music okay dude i'm gonna see you in birmingham i think it's uh, about a week and a half away um so i will come and uh, i i don't know because I, I just want to come and shake your hand and say hello and uh grab a okay. coke or something have a great bring your wife that'd be amazing i will okay. do and uh thanks everything and good luck with the rest of your stuff and i can't wait i can't wait a week and a half and i'll get to see you okay any requests uh heroin girl of course That's good. you know yeah. that goes without saying doesn't it i think you mean yeah uh are you doing just like a basic are you doing like a greatest hit sort of thing well, uh, we do. The, I mean, people want to hear the older songs. They want to hear the hits. They want to hear the fan favorites. You know, Heroin Girl is considered a fan favorite. We do that. And, um, but we can do some deeper songs. We're going to do songs that we don't necessarily do in the States from our fourth album, um, Learning How to Smile, because that was a big success in, in the UK. So we'll do that song, Learning How to Smile. Um, do you play Your Genius Hands? That's a great track. We do sometimes. That would be let cool. We, let me see if we can work that out. Or Electra Made Me Blind. Just that would be the one. Oh, we, can as... we can play yeah. Electra. We can play Electra. Electra, to hear that guitar at the start will just make my hair stick up on my neck and I'll lose my mind. Which show is this for? Birmingham. Birmingham. Got it. I'll put it down. Wow. So if that actually happens and this podcast goes out, I can quote that you actually said you'd do that song for me. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna text it to my my tour manager. Awesome. Right. Awesome, man. Take care and look after yourself. You too. Take care, buddy. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Art from the incredible band Everclear. If you're listening to this right now, the band have a couple of dates left on the UK tour and I urge you all to go and check it out. I'm going to the Birmingham date and I can't wait. I haven't seen this band play for years. I think it was with someone like Feeder at the Wolverhampton Wolfram Hall when I was about 25. So to go again and see this band playing hit after hit is going to be mind-blowing. I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode and if you have, the podcast will always remain free. But what I do ask for listening to this episode is to share it. 
I will keep on banging on about this each and every episode because it's vital to the success of Mark and me. If you've listened to today, why not jump on Twitter and just hit that retweet button. On Facebook, hit the share button. Or on Instagram, why not put it as your story? Because then maybe one of the people that follow you on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram see the picture of art, think, oh, I remember Everclear, I'm going to go and listen to that. And then they're suddenly on board and listening to all the episodes of Mark and Me. I can't pay for sponsorship and advertisements and all this paid advertising on these social media channels. I'm a one-man independent team. So you hitting that button really goes a long way and honestly brings a whole new audience to Mark and Me. So please do that. And all the links are on markandme.com. And also, I do have a Patreon page. The only way I can keep this podcast going and host it on all these various different platforms is by your sponsorship via Patreon. Not everyone is aware of Patreon, and what it is, is a way of basically giving me a couple of pounds a month to say thank you and support the podcast. In return, you'll always get at least a couple of episodes every week, some exclusive episodes just for being on Patreon, a welcome pack which includes some stickers and some badges, you'll get letters from me, you'll get notes, you'll get updates, and so much more. And thanks to my amazing friends at Richer Sounds, you'll also be in the chance of winning some incredible prizes, each and every month, and that's just for supporting me on Patreon. I'll be back in only a few days' time with a brand new episode, and I'm not doing this to then fall flat on my face. It's my favourite episode that I've recorded this year, and I can't wait to share it. But until then, go and see Everclear, look after yourself, listen to Everclear, take care of yourself, and I'll see you all very soon. The sun was shining, I was laying in bed Wondering if she'd changed it all, if her hair was still red Her folks, they said our lives together, sure was gonna be rough They never did like mama's homemade dress, papa's bankbook wasn't big enough And I was standing on the side of the road, rain falling on my shoes Heading out for the east coast, Lord knows I paid some dues getting through Tangled up in blue She was married when we first met her Soon to be divorced I helped her out of a jam, I guess But I used a little too much force We drove that car as far as we could Abandoned it out west Split up on the docks that night For the green it was bad Turned around to look at me as I was walking away. I heard her say over my shoulder, We'll meet again someday on the avenue. Tangled up in blue. I had a job in the great north woods, working as a cook for a spell. But I never did like it all. And one day the axe just fell So I drifted down to New Orleans So I lucky with a being employed Working for a while on a fishing boat Right outside of Delacroix But all the while I was alone The past was close behind I seen a lot of women But she never escaped my mind And I just grew Tired of 
this place and I stopped in for a beer I just kept looking at the side of her face in the spotlight so clear Later on when the crowd thinned out I was just about to do the same She was standing there in back of my chair I said, Timmy, don't I know your name? I muttered something underneath my breath She studied the lines of my face I must admit, felt a little uneasy When she bent down to tie the laces of my shoes Trying to love in blue She lit a burner on the stove And offered me a pray. I thought you'd never say hello She said you look like a silent type And she opened up a book of poems And every one of them words rang true and glowed like burning coal Pouring off of every page like it was written in my soul But me to you, trying to love you blue I lived with him on Montague Street, the basement down the stairs There was music in the cafes at night and revolution in the air. Then he started into dealing with slaves and something inside of him died. She had to sell everything she owned and froze up inside. And when it finally the bottom fell out, I became withdrawn. The only thing I knew how to do was to keep on keeping on like a bird that flew. I don't know what they do with their lives But me, I'm still on the 